Good morning, everyone. Such a great a privilege to be here. And I'm going to start a little unconventional right now, okay? If you don't know who I am, I'm Chico Pinto, missionary from Brazil. And if you have not heard their testimony, you're going to hear a little bit today in the message. But before I start, like I said, I'm going to be a little bit unconventional. And I want to first take a selfie with you guys. Is that okay? <laughs> All right, so here we go. You better smile. All right, I think I got most of you. Here we go. There we go. Now, I doubt you're going to forget this part, but. <laughs> so the modern missionary comes to the church and he gets his Bible. And you have heard this story, just another person. He opened the Bible and a guy who never been to church asked, you know, what is he doing? You know, he's getting the word of God ready. And then the missionary got his tablet. And he gets the tablet and open, and the guy asks, what's he doing now? And the guy says, oh, probably he's getting his notes so he can preach what God has put in his heart. And then the missionary gets his cell phone, turn it off, you know, and, um, and he decides to do something else. He opened the phone, get everything read there, turn it off, make sure nobody uh, disturbed the message. And then he showed the kids, you know, that's the time we have. And the guy gets, what's that? And he said, that means nothing. <laughs> that means nothing. So, let's dig in the Word of God. Open your Bibles to Acts chapter 13. It's going to be a simple message today, but I do pray and I have been praying that God use this in your hearts. This is actually fruit of my own struggles when God was calling me to do the task I had. Acts chapter 13, let's just read and pray. Now, they were in the church that was at Antioch, certain prophets and teachers, as Barnabas and Simon, that was called Nigers, Lucius of Cyrene, and Manin, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. And as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work, for the work where I want to have called them. And when they have fasted and prayed, Laid their hands on them. They sent them away. Let's pray, dear Jesus. Just pray that work in our hearts now. Just pray that you use this, your word, to guide us, to help us, to fulfill the commission in obedience to what you have put us to do. So just pray, Lord. There are a lot of young people here. You know my heart for this group. And I just pray that you guide each one of them to honor you and serve you with their lives. In the name we pray. Amen. So, I'm not going to be preached on the last part of the message. And they sent them away. Because there's so much that has happened before that. And I want to use three of things that you can see here as an example of principles that we as followers of Jesus Christ need to be applying in our lives. Now, I know you guys are college kids or seminary kids or our works here at church, and that is great. That's awesome. And I just pray that as we talk about a few things here in this passage, God allows to see something when you talk about mission. Um, I know most of you have read the correct concept, but I think it's a whole lot more than what sometimes we try to emphasize. And mission is great. Our God is a God that's always on mission. You know, can go through the whole Bible and see how he's calling people, 
how he's bringing people to him, how he's displaying his love, mercy, and grace so people can be restored in that relationship that he desired to have with us. It's important that we understand that as followers of Jesus Christ, we are on a mission trail, all of us. That's the title of the message, on the mission trail. The question I have for you, if I forget everything else we say during this message is, where are you on your You know, looking through the Bible, you can see that God's always sending people. And that's what missions, the word mission means from Latin, you know, to send. Always God sending people to fulfill, to accomplish his will. You can go, let's start with Abraham. He was sent out of his land into one unknown place. And he had to go by faith. And he did obey. And through him... All the families of the world to be blessed. That includes you and me today. You see then the, the nation that was going to come out of Abraham, you know, was stuck in Egypt. And God sent Pharaoh with, uh, Moses with a message to Pharaoh saying, let my people go. And when they were sent out of Egypt into the promised land, and after they conquered and they struggled with it, God sent the prophets, God sent the judges to help them, to correct them, to rebuke them. And then to announce the coming of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. And then God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. That was so ever believed. And after he was risen from the dead, now all power is given to him. And he commanded his disciples to go, his followers to go. And he said, one of the instances, as my father has sent me, so send I you. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you are it today because you are the church. Amen? And I want you to understand that because these people here in this passage, they didn't have by chance. They didn't have a missionary that was sent to start this church. How was the church of Antioch was started? You guys know all that. This is basic Christian history, right? People are playing persecution. Whatever they went, they're just sharing what they were supposed to be sharing. Obeying the command of spreading the word of God everywhere they went. And they were so pumped about it. And I like to use that word for, for you know, young people. Now they're pumped. They wanted to do it. It didn't matter they were being persecuted. They just shared the word. All right. Yes, they did not have tracts. Okay? They didn't have a whole word about God in their hands to go there opening the Bible and but they had the desire to obey. And they knew the word of God. And they could just share it. I want you just to sink down in your life. I want you to understand. That you ought to be on a mission. That is obeying God. Sharing his word. So people can be restored back to God. And his, God's glory can be magnified. He can be glorified through our lives. And those people that will come to him. We need to remember this because as we look in this church here, I mean, to be honest, I feel blessed to be here. Uh, my wife was looking <laughs> into my eyes when I heard the first song of the orchestra playing. My eyes just can boom. <laughs> because, I mean, something we desire to have, to love to have there in Brazil, and it's hard to have because... We like people with talent. I'm not saying they don't have good people with talent. They just like the amount of people with talent. Does it make sense? 
So you guys can go out to Brazil and help us out there. Oh, no, that was not a message. I'm sorry. Uh, let's go back to the message. So the first thing... <laughs> The first thing on this mission trail can be observed this with a few things, and that's that you should be participating and serving God where you have been put on your local church. And we see that with a few people here. Looking at the, the verse 1 and 2, they have prophets in this church. They had teachers. They had Barnabas. They have Saul. And they have a lot of people here that we don't know who they are. And what were they doing? Verse 2 gives us a hint. They were ministering to the Lord. They were serving. And if you start looking at the context of the book of Acts, and we don't have time to go to all of it, and, and I just need to understand that, you know, being on mission means put your life on the line to serve the Lord in whatever phase of life you are. Barnabas served with his resources, Gave it to the church. He was trained somehow, not in a Bible college, but he was trained to be able to teach. So when this church was broom, bloom, blooming here, growing, starting here in Antioch, he was sent to help out, to teach, to help these people grow and be rooted. The work was so great that he went and got Saul. By the way, Saul, that same guy that we know God has called for a special task already, but he's there now working Serving the Lord here. People in Jerusalem were scared of him. The disciples and Barnabas brought him, introduced him there. And then later on now, he's bringing him here to Antioch. And they're serving the Lord alongside with other people. We don't know exactly everything they're doing, but we know one thing. The church was growing, so they're doing the right thing. And you know the right thing they're doing? They were sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is it. There's no mystery it's not a secret. Sometimes we try to make this big deal of doing evangelism. Just go and share the word of God. You know, God is the one who's going to produce fruit. I was so concerned about it when I was serving the church. That, you know, we need to do the right things. And, and it's important for us to understand a few things. And I want to share a little bit of my, my testimony in my local church. The first thing you need to do here, it's here in your local church. You need to be remembered that you're going to experience the joy and the fellowship and encouragement to live a Christian life. You look in Acts chapter, chapter 2. Just let's go that, that verse. Acts chapter 2, verse 46 and 47. And I want uh, a young man with strong voice to read it aloud for us. You know, Bible's in the air, you know. If you found, stand up and read. 46? Yep, 46 and 47. And they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Very simple recipe, right? Praising God, showing the gladness in their heart. Showing how God makes a difference in your heart. You know, it was interesting. It was um, a few years ago, about two years before the petition, I led a 14-year-old kid for Christ. I mean, he knew about Christ. He knew about the Bible, but he has had all the wrong teachings. He's going one of those churches focus more in other stuff. Let's, let's start up there. And he was taught the Word of God, and he accepted Jesus Christ. But he was having a hard time because... 
as he was going to church and he enjoyed the fellowship and the singing and the, 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 the group and everything else, he said, you know, I want to talk to you after Sunday school. I said, you know, it's, 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 it's weird because I don't know if I say it because I have this joy of being here around people and doing this for the Lord, but I'm struggling with sinning. I mean, I still disobey my mom. I still do this and I still do that. And I looked at him and I said, Robert, and his name was Robert, actually, you know. Did you ever worry about that before you were saved? He looked at him and said, huh, never thought about that. Said, nope, never worry about it. So that's the Holy Spirit to work in your heart to say, hey, clean up your act. And I shared with him Romans 8 and the victory we have in Christ and the assurance of salvation. And he said, do I have all of that? I mean, it was such a drastic change in that boy. The last service, we were there in Brazil before coming to U.S. His mom came from one of the services and, and he, he talked to me and my wife and said, you know, thank you so much for what you guys are doing for Hubbard. He has changed so much. I and mean, this church has been worked great in his life. You guys are doing a great job coaching them. Said, um, and my wife told her, you know, it's not us. The Holy Spirit. All we can do is Show the way, but he's the one that has to obey. But the joy that he had and the change in his heart, just like these people here, draw people to God. So what I can tell you is just show your love, show your joy, and share the gospel. People see you speak more with your life than sometimes with words. The words are important, but your life have to match them. So show your gladness, show your joy. Come here to the local church because it's here we're going to experience the preaching in the Word of God, he's going to be studying the Word of God. He's we're going to be praying together, going to experience growth. And I can see that here. And we can look at main verse, but Hebrews 10, 23, 25 says, Let us hold fast the profession that our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promise. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as the men of some do, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see that they approaching. So let's help each other to grow in Christ. Share the word of God. And I, and I love working with, I, I can need to say this, I love working with young people, okay, because I feel young. All right, I, I'm kind of old now. I'm the next generation, next gen. You know, next, previous and previous gen. But it's, it's energizing to see when you have a group of people like you guys. And I don't want to praise you individually. I don't want to get your egos high up. But it's energizing to see people driven to serve the Lord. Understand that you have been encouragement to me. The reason I took a picture of you guys, I'll be praying for you. I'll be praying for you. Yes, it's my last preaching. You asked for the potential. I know that, but I'll be praying for you. God may use you to your fullest. Remember one other thing. It's here we're going to start serving the Lord. Matthew, 16 year old, he's getting to the age I'm concerned about where do I send him to college? You know what my major concern is? Doesn't matter where he goes to college in a sense, but I want him to plug into a church to be able to serve. You know how God got a hold of my heart? When I'm serving him. But you need to be careful, and I, I must say this because of part of the testimony in my life, how we do it. You know, I was 16 years old, trained in my church already to be a teacher in Sunday school. 
At 18 years old, I had a training to be the preacher of a youth group and be in charge of the youth group. We don't have assistant pastors in our area, okay? So people were trained to do the task. And I had a joyful time being in charge of VBS, youth group, and just teaching Sunday school, doing all the things that I love to do because my mom has been saved from Catholicism and Spiritism, and I know what that meant, and I didn't want anything to do with that. I saw the transformation in my life. But there was one problem. Every weekend that I went back to work, and yes, at the age of 18, I was working. I was actually working as a public teacher, in the pub, uh, a teacher in the public school system, and teaching fifth to eighth, year, uh, eighth grade. I have five or six class, 40 students each. That's where I was recharging my energies, going to college, studying linguistics, language, and teaching. And, and it was weird, because how come I should be drawing my energies when I get together with people, but I feel drained after all the work? And I knew why. I have never made a true decision to accept Jesus as my Savior. You see, one thing, one trap that people can fall, and I have seen happen to me, some people, is just because you're serving the Lord doesn't mean you're saved. And we need to make sure that, that we get that straight because I had a problem with pride in my life. I'm preaching already. I'm going to go to my pastor and say, Pastor, um, um, but it was so awesome to be in a sister church. They had um, in Brazil. We kind of collaborate to get a little more smaller church in the neighborhood. So when you have a, a um, um, anniversary, they would call the church to come and celebrate together. Invite people from the neighborhood to come. That church was small, so the only way we could do is put everybody in the street, put big speakers, and everybody was there. About five or six churches, two hundred people, and I was there in the back. And that's when I accept Christ. I don't remember much of the preaching. I just remember being convicted. And it's important for me that because after that day, serving the Lord was so much joyful and easy because it was not a burden. It's not something I had to do to please the Lord. It's something that I want to do out of obedience and out of joy that was now in my heart. And I want you guys to understand that because it, it's important that you're serving, plugged in in a local church. It doesn't matter what kind of gift is you have. Some people focus too much and give it a super shape. What um, Pastor Roman said yesterday, just go and obey it. Stop worrying about gifts. The Bible talks and says that there are different kind of gifts, but the same the Spirit. And every cell of body of Christ, and I like to put it that way, is important. But you got to obey it. You got to obey. The second part of this mission trail is a little closer to home. And we see this in the following example in this passage. In verse 1 and 2 say that they ministered to the Lord and fasted. And verse 3, if you look at the end after they have, they just sent them away after they had fasted and prayed. Now, we don't have time to develop the whole thing about fasting, but let me say this. This is personal. This is hitting close to home. It's not a corporate thing. It's not something to do all together as we encourage each other. It's, it's you and God. In our mission trail, we need to be personally seeking 
God's will for our lives. It doesn't matter what stage of our life is, but we are to be fulfilling God's will in our lives. These men are doing that. In Hebrew 13, verse 20 and 21, if you would open your Bibles there, Hebrew 13, verse 20 and 21. It says this, Now the God of peace that brought us again from the dead, our Lord Jesus Christ, the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working you that which is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. This man are here, and we don't have time, like I said, for the whole discussion on the Jewish tradition or, or, or the, the fasting ceremonies or all of that. But let me propose you this thought here. This man right now, they have separated themselves from all the distracting things, including food. They're taking a time apart from all the things in the world and say, I'm coming before the Lord because they're just not fasting. They're not doing something to lose weight like something they probably should do. You know, they have those fasting things today that, you know, do the rotation fasting, whatever they call it. I could do that to lose weight, but that's not, that's not the point here. They are doing this here to come before the Lord. I don't know what they said, but I can imagine they humbling themselves, coming before the Lord, say, Lord, seek my heart. You know what is here. You know our desire to serve you. Just, just empower us to do more. Seek to see what's wrong in me that need to be surrendered to you. We're coming before you now. We don't want food. We don't want anything. We just come, want to come and before you and say, help us out. Give us the vision. Give us the next task that you can do to accomplish your will. I don't know what they're saying. But let me think you, just help you think through one thing. When is the last time that you truly took time for a busy schedule? And I know you guys have a busy schedule. I've been in college too. Okay, I have worked through college too. But when is the last time that you took to surrender to the Lord to have 15 minutes before him without any distraction. Half an hour before him without any distraction. 30 minutes, one hour before him without any distraction. Just to surrender your life. I can tell you this much. 2002, Sherry and I knew we had to go back to Brazil. We had just moved to U.S. I already was a teacher, had a linguist degree. I let that's where I learned English, and then we moved here in 2000, and we decided to change careers. We, I was doing computer science, and we plugged into a church to serve the Lord wherever we go. We're participating, teaching Sunday school, doing the worship ministry, helping with playing guitar, and later is bass guitar in the church, and teaching the, the helping with the youth, uh, younger kids ministry. And, 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 you know, you can give all the excuses you want. Let me, let me just say, I have one in one of those stories here that's kind of, not funny, but kind of hurt a little bit, and it's kind of funny. So, so when he moved to U.S., 
I want to continue to serve the Lord, right? So plug into a church, go to pastor and say, Pastor, what can I do? Imagine if a lot of everybody came to you and said, Pastor, what can I do? I mean, he'll go crazy. He, he has you guys already and a lot of pastor help. How many pastors? Five, six pastors to help out? Yeah, go to one of them. Just say, what do you have me to do? What else? So plugging in the church, start teaching five years old. I said, you know, kids are used to teach because the young people, they have, you know, I, my English was not a par yet, so my culture was not a par yet, you know. Let's just take it easy. Let's go with the young kids, you know. So one day I was teaching about mission work, you know, to five years old, and I remember Micho. Micho was five years old. And I was teaching about, you know, what is to be a missionary and what it is to tell about Jesus. So I just told them John 3.16 in Portuguese. And I said, Porque Deus amou o mundo de tal maneira que deu o seu filho unigênito para que todo aquele que nele crê não pereça, mas tenha a vida eterna. And then I switch back to English and I start continuing to teach and explain to their level, if you just tell others about Jesus, you are doing mission work. And I sp spoke for another minute or so, and Mitchell raised his hand, bless Mitchell. And I said, okay, I got a question. So what is it, Mitchell? He looked at me and said, Mr. Pinto, are you still speaking Portuguese? Pride just boom. You know, but one thing it is, God put in our hearts to do, just keep on going. It doesn't matter. You know, at that time, kind of hurt. I can laugh it now. <laughs> at that time, it was not that laughable. <laughs> but at the same time, we need to understand that we are to be fulfilling God's will no matter where you go, just like these people in this church. And we're to be seeking God's will in our lives. We need to personally trust the Lord in His ways. My, my life verses are Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. You know that in English, memorize it. It's trust in the Lord in all thine heart, and lean not into thy own understanding in all thy ways. Acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. You know what? We struggle in the first word, trust. And I could go, oh, let's go to the root of word and all of that. You guys are colleges, and you'd love that. But I'll go to another, another way to explain that. I think we need to stop talking about trust and experience. When you came down here today and sat in those chairs, did you think twice about it? Did you even think about it? You know why not? Because you knew you could trust this chair and you could sit down and not fall and the missionary would laugh at you before going to help you, okay? Some people just fall in a fun way and, you know, I can't help, but then you feel bad and I'm sorry, you know, I'm help you out. You know that was not going to happen. I'm not asking you to trust your experience, but I'm asking you to experience trusting the Lord. That's a very important thing in a Christian life. We sing about it and we struggle to do it. I struggle. I can say it because I struggle with it up to this day. I'm not saying that's an easy thing. God's going to give you the faith you need to keep on going, trusting Him more and more. And as you trust and, and see His work at hand, you just can say, God, just help me keep on going. I remember when... Um, I was going through my struggles to come into full-time mission work to start church planting ministry. I always like to be the second guy, okay? So we went to Brazil to help two missionaries, helping the Doolittles, help the Rails or church plant and camp ministry. 
and we're excited about it. And, and I was always complaining about time. You know, I told Peter the little one time, you know, man, I just wish I had more time to come here, develop this, this, and that. And, and said, Chico, why don't you just go to U.S. and raise support and come back? And you know what I had to say, honestly? And said, Peter, I, I, I'm sad to say this, but I think I don't trust that the Lord is going to provide to this kind of ministry he has for me. I'm so excited he has provided to the work that I've been doing, and I can do the work right now, but I'm a hard time to let, let the work go because I think that's how God provides for me now. And that was true, that's how God provided, but I had to be honest. My problem was not that I didn't want to serve the Lord. It was trusting and obeying. We sing about it, right? Trust and obey. Now, that's bad singing. You guys can sing better than I, but <laughs> let's, let's, let's keep on going here. My thing is preaching, I guess. <laughs> but anyway, one thing I want us to understand is that, you know, I, I had to be reminded I ought not to rely on my own power. Ephesians 3, 14 to 21. We're just going to leave 14 to 16 here. It says, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father, O Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the reach of his glory, to be strengthened with the might by the spirit of the inner man. And then Galatians 2, 20, you know this by heart. I want to see everybody saying it. I don't know it in English well, okay? So you guys have to help me. Galatians 2, 20. If you know it, memorize. Go ahead and say it. Come on. Did you truly surrender to that? You see, there's an interesting thing about trusting and obeying. And a few steps we need to go in our lives to be able to realize that. First, you need to realize you cannot do anything at our own strength. The Holy Spirit is the one that enables us to go. Second, you cannot trust anyone if you don't submit to that one. You understand that? So if you're going to be personally surrender and submit to the Lord, you need to understand who God is. And you need to be reminded He is the all-powerful, mighty God, creators of heaven, earth, the one who can save your soul. That the one you can trust a whole lot more than this chair. You don't need to think twice about it. You can just say, okay, Lord, I'm going to submit to you. I'm going to do what you want me to do. I'll just do it. And when you submit, you're going to be able to surrender, and then God is going to mold you to be used as a vase for his ministry, for his glory, for his kingdom. We got to be reminded of that because sometimes we just go through the emotions of the word like I did. I had a struggle when during this time of personally seeking God's desire, I was praying when it was 2015, my career started taking over. And I mean, I felt like I have arrived in 2004 and God take me to Brazil in 2006. 2015, I felt like I have arrived again. And God went through a circumstance and said, hey, what did you come back to Brazil for? You don't have time for ministry now, so there's something wrong with the picture. And I start praying, God, give me more time for ministry. In my mind, I was praying for another job, okay? 
I was thankful to be able to help the ministry, to help missionaries, to financially help the church, to be able to give my time. But there was a problem there because now my time was lacking. And there was a desire to serve, but there is lacking of trusting. And I had to start surrendering to the Lord. 2018, we came to U.S. just for a family vacation. Had In Brazil, we have one month of vacation from the start, okay? God had provided means. My wife had been bugging me. You need to go to U.S. We've been there out of the U.S. for 10 years. Come on. You know, to appease her, usually I send her every year or so. Come to U.S., get the books for the kids, see the people, you know. But that year we came, and I was traveling back and forth, seeing places. God started putting my heart. The same question the Brazilian people used to ask me. Chico, what did you come back to Brazil for? You had a green card. You live in the U.S. You had a great job there. And what are you doing here in Cuiabá? It's hot in Cuiabá. What are you doing here? You know? And God was working my heart. What did you come back to Brazil for? Yes, we're helping the ministry there. But we were in a place where Sharon and I had struggling with job opportunities. We had denied a few opportunities. Some of them were very attractive, but God didn't give us peace to take it because it felt like another trap, so we would not have time for ministry. And God started working my heart, and I'm praying for time, praying for time, and my wife was praying for time. She was struggling to stay with the kids at home. I was going for the whole week, working in Sao Paulo, in the Sao Paulo area there, and coming back just Monday to Friday, and, and she was praying, you know, we have some people at church that can minister to you, but we don't have time. And when you have time, they don't. So she was praying for time. And what got her is one of the men, one of the families, were trying to reach because the teenager had come to Christ, so we had open doors. He went up the roof to fix it, fell down, broke his neck, and passed away. And her heart was crying if he had just more time. I didn't know she was going through that. But when we came back from that trip in 2018, in November, it came to her and said, you know, hon, I've been praying. I've been praying. And the more that I get close to God, more and more I feel the, the need of us just to let everything go. Just trust in the Lord and come back to Brazil as church planters. And she started crying. And said, you know, I've been praying for that for many months, for many months. So we prayed. We didn't fast. We just prayed. We prayed for three months. And said, God, if it is your will, just give us peace. Open your hearts. You need to understand one thing that I, remember, I learned from my wife. She liked fixed income, okay? I learned that when I was trying to do business on my own. And I learned that she likes to have that monthly salary coming in. Now, go be a missionary with that. And it was interesting because God worked in her heart. She didn't care. I didn't care. So we're praying now that we make sure that this is God's will for our life, that we're not doing this out of guilty, that we're actually doing this because that's the burden that God put in our hearts, and we surrender to the Lord in March 2019. God's timing is perfect. His call is clear, cut, and you don't need to doubt. Just like this call, this passage. The third part in this mission trail is when you answer God's call for every task he has put in your heart. In this passage here, I mean, I wish my call was like that. Separate Shiku for the work we're going to have given him, you know? 
It was not like, I don't know if there was a, a, the Holy Ghost speaking direct, directly to the people. I was a big boom voice there. It was one of the prophets proclaiming the word of God. I do not know, but I know one thing. They knew what God wanted them to do. And they had the peace to do it. And they prayed about it. And they answered the call in the correct way. Now remember this. And I want to emphasize this very clearly. Do not be Jonah. A prophet God. Who's called to preach at Nineveh. And he said. God I'm not going because those people don't like fish. So I don't like them. No. No. That was not what he said. But that might as well be his attitude. Okay? He didn't want people to be forgiven. He knew God was going to restore. He didn't want the enemy you know, of his nation to be, no, God, I'm not going to do that. I don't know if God has placed a call in your life, and I know how you're responding to it, but I do know one thing. If it is to be the pastor, be a pastor, to be assistant pastor, a music uh, assistant in the church, uh, as somebody that just helped in the church with the teaching. It doesn't matter what it is. If God has put that burden in your life, just obey. Pray about it. God is going to give you peace. And it is, it's kind of interesting the way God works. And I need to stop preaching here. I have a few more things I could share. But when God put that burden in our heart, I had peace. And you need to understand my mindset here now, okay? So I'm 43, 44. I'm planning to save heavily for retirement, okay? That's me thinking heavily for retirement. That's time now. Save more, save more. I don't care. I don't need this, don't need that. Save all you can. So at the age of 55, you can retire and be done. Got call. What are you going to do? One thing that God, with read the word of God, he enables, he does. Such a peace I had in my heart to not worry about finances. God's time is perfect. The promotion that was coming for three years came. Go to Sao Paulo, right? Brother, go to Sao Paulo, the big office, and work with the, the software architecture team that's working with B, uh, and I want to say B, BMI, but it's not as the IBM. IBM. <laughs> there you go. Thank you, Pastor. <laughs> and, and, how that can fill your head. So, no, that's not it. And my company works like that. Well, what used to be my company. Now, if you're not happy with us, you don't want to take a promotion, then you might as well let go. And they let me go. But that's how God provided a whole resource for a whole year to start a potation. Isn't God amazing? He provides the means that he knows the need. And I was praying to God, just help my kids to see you at work during the potation. That they could not see that we're leaving something behind because, you know, have great things for us. And one of the little things that, you know, December 2018 on the potation, the kids had $10 allowance. That's what they could have at that point. And they said, you're going to put their money together to give for mom a gift for Christmas. And said, God is going to honor that, kids. Remember this. And I start praying to God. Review yourself to my kids. I don't want them to go to the potation, not see you at work, even those two little things. Last church you go to, a old lady comes to me and say, Brother Pinto, 
God has put in my heart to do something for your kids. Don't mind if I give them something. So no, go for it. And she went there. God just told me to give $10 to each one of you kids. Bella started crying. That's God at work. Revealing himself to my kids. Hey, I'll take care of you. Don't worry about it. It's not only financial. It's not only um, the things that he's going to do about you. A kid asked me, so how many churches are going to start? How many, how many, you know? I'm not worried about that. Truly, I'm not. Yes, I'd love to start one church every term. Right, Pastor? That, I mean, come on, every two years, another church. Of course we want that. But that's God's business. All I have to do is trust and obey. My question for you today as we end is, God has been calling you. Are you willing to trust and obey? I do pray you are.